my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Today is Friday, September 27th. One of the members of the Full House cast has a birthday today. Any guesses who that could be? I had no idea until I looked on Twitter. Gail Edwards, she played Vicki Larson on Full House from seasons, I believe, five to most likely seven. She did make an appearance in season four of Fuller House. I hope we get her back for season five. My goal, my wish, is to have a Danny and Vicki wedding like we were promised when he proposed to her at Disney World at the end of season six. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Supposedly there's going to be three weddings in Fuller House season five. We know Stephanie and Jimmy definitely has got to be one. DJ and Steve, yes, we've been, pro- we've been begging for that for years. And my guess is, Maybe Kimmy and Fernando, but I really would rather it honestly be Danny and Vicky because that is what we as Full House fans have wanted for so many years. Well, I thought in honor of Gail Edwards' birthday, I'd do an episode of Full House. It's from Season 5, Episode 12, entitled Bachelor of the Month. This episode aired on November 26, 1991. In this episode, when Danny wins Bachelor of the Month, he suddenly gets a bunch of dates. Michelle is upset, though, because she she has to be put to bed by DJ and Stephanie, and they aren't quite the same. Jesse and Rebecca think that they are Mighty Dad and Mighty Mama. (laughs) Then they introduce the twins to their new nursery, and soon they realize that having twins isn't quite as easy as they initially assumed. Yes, even with the both of them, those babies are a lot of work. From feeding them, to changing them, to burping them, and, and, and all that stuff. Coming out both ends. Oh my goodness. Will it ever end? How many loads of laundry are they doing a week, a, 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 on a daily basis? Probably a lot. That that washing machine in the Tanner house is getting a workout. <laughs> Michelle decides to sneak out with her friend Teddy, and they go on it on they go on Danny's date as well. All right, so that is from the summary here. Oh my gosh, it was written by Angela. Not this Angela, guys. Not me. Not the host of this podcast, but another one. Another Angela out there. This episode's got a 7.0 out of 10, based on 145 ratings. The two twins that are playing Infant Nikki and Alex are Daniel and Kevin Rentiria. 
Rentira? Rentiria? This episode was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Kevin Franklin, and Tom Burkhart, the writer. Or is it Burkhard because it's a D and not a K? Okay, we don't have any trivia for this episode. We do have a soundtrack entitled Sharp Dressed Man, performed by ZZ Top. Written by Billy Gibbons, Dusty Hill, and Frank Beard, who I've been informed is one of the guys that does not have a beard. We have one review for this episode on IMDb. It was put up on IMDb February 22nd, 2019, so this year. It's got a 6 out of 10. The title, not bad, just average. Okay. Another episode about parental dating is looked at. It doesn't hurt to have more than one episode looking at this subject, just as long as they are not repetitions. This one isn't repetitive, just okay. I don't think it's that good. Slightly below the season one episode, Danny's very first date, which I wasn't a big fan of either. Danny finally becomes San Francisco's Bachelor of the Month. He makes dates with Vicky being the one he wants the most. Well, he makes dates with other women, and then Vicky, who's tired of hearing him boast about these amazing dates that he's having and going on with these ladies, and Danny decides to put her in her place. Like, you know, why don't you uh, go on a date with me, and uh, you can see for yourself if I am just... A bunch of hot air or whether I'm an amazing stand-up guy. Michelle is the most hurt as she is not used to her dad dating. I don't think it's about that. It's just the fact that he always puts her to bed. So, of course, this change in routine upsets her. DJ and Stephanie are just subpar. They're not daddy putting her to bed like she likes to have. Granted, he did make an attempt at three in the afternoon, and it's like, uh, okay. The subplot, Jesse and Rebecca getting used to parenthood, not bad either. So Michelle was trying to get used to her dad dating was just okay too. Okay, so this was just okay enough to say it is okay. This person used okay a lot. There's at least maybe five to ten okays in this review alone. <laughs> So yeah, this episode must have come out right around Thanksgiving. Well, I want to look up and see when Thanksgiving was in 1991. Okay, so this episode aired two days. So it aired on a Tuesday because it says Thanksgiving in 1991 was November 28th. I would have been nine for about three months. Of course, before I get into the podcast, I'd like to let you all know where you can follow along with the podcast at Facebook at Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, or you can type in Fuller House Podcast or Full House Podcast. Also, Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod, at Twitter, OMHC Full House, at Gmail. If you guys want to send me an email, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you guys want to send audio files, like if you see an episode that I'm going to be covering, like, oh, I really got something to say. I really would like to get my opinions, you know, talk about the episode. Guys, you are more than welcome to. I would love the extra 
ears and eyes on the episodes. Maybe you caught something I didn't catch in the episode. Or maybe you're like, I really like this episode for this reason. Or I really didn't like this episode for this reason. Whichever. The only thing I ask is, being that this is a clean, full house podcast, that you guys just keep it PG. So, you know, no F-bombs, no S-bombs, no H-bombs, stuff like that. Alright, without further ado, let's jump into Bachelor of the Month. I don't know why, but I just got a craving for a graham cracker when I said Bachelor of the Month. I don't, that's weird. <laughs> Alright, this time for real. The DVD description of this, or the DVD box of this episode's description. A local magazine names Danny Bachelor of the Month. Too bad his swelled head turns him into a into jerk of the year. Okay, that's a bit harsh. Come on, he's not a jerk. Yes, he does have a bit of a swelled head, but he's not a jerk. Come on. All right. First shot's going to be in the kitchen, the whole family sitting down to breakfast. Well, maybe not the whole family. Jesse comes down, grabs a broom, and the family remarks on, like, hey, Jess, we haven't really seen you since the the twins were born. How's it going, Dad? <laughs> and Jesse says to Danny, oh, it's going good. And it's not Dad anymore. It's Mighty Dad. As he holds his closed fists out like Peter Pan or Mr. Clean. And he's like, here, lay some, uh, he has Danny lay a couple donuts on him by placing them on the handle of the broom. He also mentions that he got the nursery finally done. He had to stay up all night to do it, but it's completed. So he just needs that broom to sweep up the sawdust. Kids' laundry is done. He's trying to stay on top of stuff, which is great. Because those babies can only stay in those bassinets and Jesse and Becky's little living room slash bedroom area for so long. They're going to outgrow them. They're going to want the cribs. So I'm going to play this clip. Morning, everyone. Morning. Morning. Hey, it's Jesse. Remember him? Jesse, we've barely seen you since the twins were born. How's it going, Dad? Oh, it's going fine. It's not Dad. It's Mighty Dad. <laughs> I uh, stayed up all night, finished the nursery. I got to screw the sawdust, take the kids' clothes, fold them, and I got just enough time for a nutritious breakfast. Lay some donuts on me. Oh. There you go. And we thank you. Oh, my ride's here. Come in, Mighty Dad. <laughs> Yeah. Read you loud and clear, Mighty Mama. We have a situation in the attic. Need a backup? Affirmative. We've got a number two in progress from twin number one. <laughs> Ten four on number one's number two. Over and out. <laughs> Girls, I'd like you to say hi to Vicki Larson. She's been filling in for Becky on my show. Hi, hi. And you're right. She is a pretty girl. <laughs> Why, thank you, Danny. Hey, Daddy, are you going to ask her on date? Okay. Michelle, where would you get an idea like that? From Stephanie. I heard it from DJ. I heard it from Joey. I heard it from Danny. <laughs> See how these crazy rumors get started? Girls, I'm sure that Vicky feels that you don't mix business with pleasure. Well, yes, I do feel that way. Well, great. Then it'll work out perfect. I won't ask you out, and you won't say no. <laughs> So, Becky and Jesse are communicating via walkie-talkie as he's got his three donuts on his broomstick, getting ready to head upstairs, also with the laundry. She says, 
Attention, Mighty Dad. We have a number two in progress from a number one. And he's like, all right, I'll be right up there. And he calls her Mighty Mama. Adorable. I figured if they got, like, the stuff all done for the nursery, she's probably already moved the twins in there with their cribs and everything. She's probably got the changing table all set up because she said that there's an issue in the attic. Actually, wait a minute. She said attic, not the boys' room. Okay. The doorbell rings. Danny gets it. It's his ride to work. Who comes in to the kitchen but Vicky? And he introduces the girls to Vicky, who is filling in for Becky while she's on maternity leave. And Michelle, of course, is like, Daddy, you're right. She is a pretty girl. And, of course, Vicky looks at Danny like, well, thank you, Danny. And then Michelle kind of whispers, like, hey, Daddy, are you going to ask her on a date? And Danny's like, Michelle, where would you get an idea for like that? And, of course, Michelle's like, well, I heard it from Stephanie. Stephanie's like, I heard it from DJ. And DJ says, I, I heard it from Joey. And Joey's like, hey, hey, I heard it from Danny. I heard from the source. And Danny just laughs it off like, <laughs> you know, how these rumors get started. <laughs> And he explains to the girls, like, I'm sure that Vicky does not want to mix business with pleasure. And she's like, yes, Vicky, or excuse me, yes, Danny, that is exactly what I, I don't want to do that. And he's like, great, so I won't ask you and you won't say no. So Kimmy comes in and she's got Bay Area's magazine and they have chosen the Bachelor of the Month. And who is on the cover but Danny Tanner. Hey, you guys, you'll never guess who Bay City Magazine picked as Bachelor of the Month. Oh, he's got a centerfold. I like that. Thank God he left his clothes on. <laughs> it's not that kind of magazine. Oh, wow. What a surprise. I, uh, I don't know what to say. I could say three years of sending in your picture finally paid off. Oh, really? <laughs> Vicky, I, I hope you don't think I did this just as an easy way to meet women, you know? Oh, of course not. You probably did it to get publicity for the show. Absolutely. I have a lot of strange women chasing after me. Boy, that's that's the last thing I want. <coughs> Hi, does the Bachelor of the Month live here? Yes, he does. But you're the last thing he wants. <laughs> hey. Kimmy. Hi, no, Hi. Sorry about that door in your face. Come on in. I'm Danny Tanner. No problem. I'm Penny Allen. I just jogged over from down the street and across the Bay Bridge. If you're not busy, can I take you out to dinner tonight? Sure. <sighs> we could talk about it on the show. That'll be fascinating. Yeah, all right. All right, I'll pick you up at 7. Well, I gotta run. Bye-bye. Bye. magazine and she like, you'll never guess who the Bay Area picked as their Bachelor of the Month. Danny Tanner. And she opens the magazine and 
unfolds the centerfold of Danny Tanner wearing a tux, a black bow tie, white shirt underneath. He's got two thumbs up, like, hey, he's going off Fonzie. <laughs> of course, Kimmy's like, oh, thank God, he left his pants on. Kimmy, this is not an issue of Playgirl. Of course, he would have his pants on. He would never do anything distasteful to dishonor his family and embarrass himself. Of course, Joey gets a laugh at that. <laughs> so Danny goes over, oh, well, thank you, Kimmy, as he takes the magazine and folds it back up. He's like, wow, what a surprise. Granted, it's not just pure luck that got him in there, into that magazine. And Danny's a little embarrassed, you know, this, finding this out. He's excited but embarrassed at the same, like, oh, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is all happening in front of Vicky. He doesn't want to think, she, she doesn't, he does not want her to think he's got a swelled head. Granted, Joey mentions, lets it slip, like, well, you might say that the last three years of sending your picture finally paid off. Oh, it's Bay City Magazine. All right. And he goes over to her with the magazine. He's like, oh, Vicky, I, I hope you don't think this is just an excuse to meet women. It's like, oh, no, well, no, I bet anything you did it to get more publicity for the show. He's like, you know what? You're right. That's exactly why I did it. And Danny kind of writes it off like, oh, a bunch of strange women chasing after me. That's the last thing I need. Knock, knock, knock. Who's at the door? Kimmy answers it, and it's a lady jogger. It's like, oh, I'm... Well, Kimmy opens a door, and the lady is dressed head-to-toe in fuchsia pink leggings and a sports bra, and she's wearing a baby blue zip-up jacket. She's like, hi, does the Bachelor of the Month live here? And meanwhile, she's standing there like, does the Bachelor of the Month live here? And, and Kimmy's like, yes, but you are the last thing he needs. Boom! She slams the door right in her face. This lady's got a little bit of a six-pack gap thing going on. Well, maybe not a six-pack, but her uh, midsection is definitely toned. She's definitely a lady. She jogged across the Bay Bridge from down the street, across the bridge, just to wind up at Danny's door. He is not weirded out at all. She's like, hey, um, do you, can I take you to dinner tonight? He's like, yeah, sure, okay. She's like, all right, I'll pick you up at seven. So this lady, because this is, you know, because of the Bachelor of the Month is the reason that she's at his door. And no way, excuse me, will Danny take this as stalkerish. And I love how Danny, like, jogs over to Vicky. Like, <laughs> and he's kind of, like, uh, running his fingers through one side of his hair. So I'm like, hey, what do you know about that? <laughs> I have a date tonight. And she's like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, maybe we can talk about it on the show. She's like, great. I don't care. <laughs> Her name is Penny Allen. Okay, gotcha. The lady... The jogger who is, like, out of breath. And she's, like, trying to keep her pace up. Like, <laughs> looked at the lady who played Penny Allen. She is not on IMDb. She is not on uh, this episode either. She's not listed. Like, But she had a speaking role. The other two ladies he's with, they don't have speaking roles. And they're not on here either. Yeah, we get this maitre d' who will meet later, played by John Draymond. 
Apparently, this guy also played a waiter in an episode of Perfect Strangers. And a waiter in the show Sisters. He played a walnut, or is that a character name, in Frasier. Also played a priest in Last Rites. Poor Penny Allen. That is the shortest hooded zip-up jacket I have ever seen in my life. It doesn't even cover her midsection. It only covers her chest. If she actually had it zipped up, which she doesn't. She has her chest on display. Showing off that sports bra with the matching leggings. Oh, her little scrunchy thing matches her, um, her baby blue jacket. Good for her. And Danny jogs back over to, uh, Vicky, who's just got this biggest smirk on her face. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's probably thinking, yeah, I bet you didn't put your picture in that Bay City magazine to meet women. Well, you just proved me wrong, Danny. Proved me wrong. I was... Actually, I think she proved him right, even though, like, oh, no, I, I didn't do that to meet women. <laughs> like, yeah, you did. And... When Danny jogs back over to Vicky, we get a shot of Joey's, like, his jaw is, like, on the top of that table, practically, like, oh, oh, and all the times they rejected my picture, oh. So, of course, here we get, if you want to call this maybe plot C-ish, Michelle is like, what about my bedtime story, Dad? Of course, we cut to DJ and Stephanie, who are like, Michelle, don't worry. We got you covered, babe. All right? We will take care of it. We will be just like Dad. Don't worry. And Stephanie's like, yeah, come on, Michelle. I mean, when was the last time Dad actually had a date? And apparently, it's been a very long time because Michelle can't remember. All right. We get the introduction of the baby's room. Becky and Jesse are holding Nikki and Ella. It's like, all right, boys, here you go. Let's look at your new nursery room. Nikki, Alex, you're about to take your very first look at your brand new nursery, huh? Come, guys, come with us. Oh. Hey. Wow. Pretty. What do you guys think? <laughs> I can feel the excitement. <laughs> Got you an Elvis mobile, huh? Watch this. They're all shook up. See? They're like, who? Who's Elvis? Glare from those sequin jumpsuits. Yeah, don't okay. whack him in the face with All it. Right, what's next, Mighty Mama? Diaper check, <laughs> Mighty Dad. Here we go. Up we go. Oh, uh, you gotta do the sniff test. Oh, I got the fertilizer. Ooh. Let me ask you guys a question here. Now, <laughs> now, every time you're wet, you're dry. Every time you're awake, you're asleep. Every time you're spitting up, you're hungry. Guys, you're identical twins. Do something identical. Oh, you look identical. You're a little cranky. Why don't you take a nap? Well, a nap? Two hours of sleep a night is more than enough for oh, God. Mighty Dad. How is he functioning? That's the spirit. Next time I say we go for triplets. Uh, I don't think so. You may have to go without me. Yeah. <laughs> so, the bedroom is so cute. There's a little, um, if you want to call it, like, a little skylight that's, like, painted with, like, a sun, it's, makes me think of when I would go to church and you see, like, um, 
the stained glass with different pictures and stuff. That's kind of like what this is, a stained glass skylight. So they got a crib on either side. They have the little rocking chair and that little mini alcove back there in the dark. They have an Ellis uh, soft fabric elephant with like six balloons. It's holding six balloons on either Nikki or Alex's side with his or her, his crib. We got a zebra with a palm tree. They're like fabric cutouts that you can put up there. We also got a bear on a half moon. In between the cribs, we have a changing table. So Jesse's like, oh, what do you think, guys? You like it? And they're pretty indifferent. So the episode before this was Nikki and or Alex. And they just brought, brought the babies home from the hospital. So I would say, how long do you think it's been? Probably at least, I'd say maybe a month. Maybe three weeks, two weeks. Because when Jesse first brought the twins home, that room was really bare bones. There was no carpet, no wallpaper, no drywall. None of that stuff was done. Becky, of course, from the episode in season five, The Volunteer, where she and uh, Jesse had a little bet going because she was having him wear the fake pregnancy belly. Like, she only said, if you wear this for a day, because they were arguing over the wallpaper... Of to put in the boys' room. He wanted Elvis, of course. She wanted fun at the circus. So the whole bedroom's kind of got a circus motif to it. But she ended up winning because he took the pregnancy belly off. However, there was a compromise. He got to choose the Elvis mobiles. I bet when you wind it up, it plays something like Heartbreak Hotel, maybe Hound Dog. And he pulls the mobile out of the crib it detaches and then shows it to the boys like what do you think huh and Be becky's like oh honey i i hope that the boys don't go you know she says i hope they can sleep with the glare from the sequence sequence jump jumpsuits that elvis is wearing He's waving the Elvis mobile around in front of the twin that he's holding. The kid, it's like, he sees it, but that's about it. The other one, of course, is staring at nothing because he's probably staring at his mommy off stage. Mommy! Jesse asks Mighty Mama what's next on the uh, twin schedule. She says we gotta do a diaper check. So they gotta do a sniff test. Becky holds up her twin, which is most likely Alex. They each got to name a twin. She chose Alex. He chose Nikki. She lifts Alex up, gives his diaper bum bum a little sniff sniff. Absolutely peachy keen. Not a problem. Jesse holds up Nikki, gives it a quick sniff sniff. Like, oh, fertilizer. Woo! All right. Time to change it. And he says, you know, you boys, you're identical, right? I mean, but the thing is, when you're stinky, you're clean. When you're crying, you're fine. And when you're asleep, you're awake. You're identical. Please do something identical. Well, they may look identical, but as far as them being babies, they are completely two different human beings with completely different DNA. I mean, they may have their parents' DNA and the fact that they're twins and look identical, 
but completely separate. So Becky's like, honey, you seem a little cranky. Maybe you should take a nap. And he's like, oh, no, honey, two hours of sleep and I'm golden. I, oh, my God, two hours of sleep. I wouldn't be functioning. I would not be functioning. That's probably why a lot of parent, new parents don't get a lot of sleep when they have babies because, you know, they're around the clock. The baby's got to be fed every other hour or so. And it just... If not fed, then changed, and then you get what sleep you can, and then by the time the sun comes up, you are already starting another day as a zombie parent. So Becky's like, honey, why don't we go for triplets next time? And he has to hold himself up by the crib, and he's like, <laughs> honey, you're going to have to go without me next time. I, I can't do that. That's was sheer luck that we even had twins this time. So now we go to Michelle's room. DJ is reading the bedtime story, and Michelle is not satisfied. She's very cr critical of DJ's lack of a real toot toot, because DJ just reads it like simple. Melvin was the happiest little tugboat. Toot toot. Like, no, you put no feeling into that toot. You go, toot toot. Like, you're jumping. You're pulling on. You're yanking on that cord. Yes. <laughs> put some enthusiasm into that story. Is that how you read to Jackson, Max, and Tommy when they were babies? I doubt it. I bet, I bet her, her husband, I bet Tommy Sr. was the one who read the kids' bedtime stories, and he was really animated. He was really into the stories. You want to get someone to tell you a great bedtime story other than your dad, Michelle? Joey's your guy. Joey with the anime, with the voices, he's your guy. You want a story to come to life, you go to Joey. I'm going to play this clip as DJ is just, she's trying, she's really trying, but Michelle is just, it's not the same, you're not daddy. Then on, all the other tugboats cheered when Melvin, the littlest tugboat, went toot toot. The end. When Daddy tells the story, he goes toot toot. Toot toot. A little louder. Toot toot. A little softer. Toot toot. You forgot to pull the handle. Here's your glass of kitchen water. Are you sure it's from the kitchen? Taste it. Yeah, no one wants that middle tasting now, bathroom turn water. turn on the light. And we lock your dollhouse. Sweet dreams. See, I told you we could do it just like Daddy. Uh-uh, you need to work on your tugboat. <laughs> well, I think I'll have another chance. Dad made a date for every night this week. Oh my gosh. got to be kidding. No, Dad's not having fun right now. What could be more fun than me? So Stephanie comes in with a cup of water directly from the kitchen tap. Because, no, we don't want that bathroom tap water. That metal-tasting bathroom tap water. Gotta have kitchen. And Stephanie's like, here, taste it. And Michelle takes a sip. Yep, that's from the kitchen, all right. And DJ says, see, I told you we'd do it just like Daddy. And Michelle's like, nope, you gotta work on your tugboat. Because gotta make sure that dollhouse door is locked. And turn on the night light. 
lamp by the bed, and they give her a kiss. They're good big sisters. They're good big sisters. And DJ and stuff let Michelle know they're going to be able to keep working on it because Dad's got a date for every night this week. Like, good golly, everyone wants a piece of Danny Tanner. They all want to go out with a... And, of course, keep in mind, he's only the Bachelor of the Month, not the year, the month. So, I wonder how many of these girls that go out with him, like, make that a thing. Like, whoever's the next Bachelor of the Month is... I gotta get on that list. I gotta... I gotta be seen with the Bachelor of the Month. That's really gonna help my street cred. So Michelle, of course, is like, what could be more fun than me? All right, so we see his dinner date with Penny Lane or Penny Lee. Peggy Lee? Oh, my goodness. Now I've forgotten. Peggy Lee, I guess. Um, as they are putting food in each other's mouth. They're feeding each other. Ew. I, I don't, mm, I, I don't think I want, I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. That's not my thing. All right, he's into the fitness ladies as the next lady up after Peggy Lee or Penny Jane or whatever her name is. Um, definitely 90s clothes, bright. He's wearing a light blue, black stripe, lime green collared windbreaker. They both got knee pads. She's wearing a light uh, neon light green. Um, sports bra with, uh, short, um, jogging leggings, if you, uh, shorts. Workout clothes, basically. And she's also got a neon pink, lime green, black stripe windbreaker as well. Granted, oh, is that guy wearing guest jeans? That guy who's, like, walking around in a, in a muscle, t a sleeveless muscle tank? It looks like that's like the little, um, that does look like the guest jeans. So Danny's, he's basically, I'm not going to call him a klutz on skates. He's not. He was doing okay. But he's starting to lose his balance a little because they're on rollerblades. So, of course, muscle tank here. Danny puts his head for balance on this guy's head. And he doesn't have a problem with it. This guy's really ripped. Like, his arm muscle, you can see that vein popping right out of that muscle guy's shirt. Well, it's a sleeveless shirt, but um, that forearm's got this ginormous, thick vein popping right out of it. All right, he's going to a 49ers game. Got the cap, which the girl of the day puts on his head. He's got a pennant that he can shake back and forth. He's got a 49ers windbreaker. She's got a t-shirt. Rocking the 49ers gear. Now we're going to Romeo and Juliet, the play, Performing Arts, September 1992. That's what the magazine that Danny's holding says. Of course, you see a little... Danny's eyes are wet, like it's Romeo and Juliet. Of course, it's probably got to be towards the end where they both... <clears throat> Romeo and Juliet commit suicide because they love each other too. Well, you know how it goes. Romeo thinks Juliet's dead. He goes to take the poison. She wakes up, touches his face. He turns, looks at her in shock, and then he dies. That's the Leonardo DiCaprio 1996 version. And then Claire Danes as Juliet puts a gun to her head. And that's how that ends. 
His date is wearing a red dress and has got short hair. Now, Danny is dancing with a lady. He's wearing a black tux and basically the same outfit he wore for that centerfold picture that they took of him. And he dips this one lady, who's a brunette, with her hair up. And then he picks up a blonde with her, who's got her hair down. And now we cut to Wake Up San Francisco. And it seemed like things were a little, just judging by Vicky's face and Danny's. She is not happy. She's, she's just, the look on her face is almost cringe. We're like, oh god, Betty's going to talk about his many dates that he's had this week when we really could be focusing on our guest which of course as soon as the camera's rolling and the it's there on the air danny's like before we bring out our first guest i want to let you all know about danny tanner bachelor of the month day 10 and he starts like running his finger through his hair and just like and Vicky kind of shuts that down. Like, Danny, I really don't think our viewers need to hear about your one of your shallow dates. Granted, Danny takes offense to this. Like, oh, shallow, really? Yeah. So I'm going to play this clip. It gets heated, but not, like, bad heated. They basically, they definitely are into each other and neither that neither of them is really ready to admit it. I think that he is maybe she may be a little jelly. What do you think? You think she's a little jelly? She might be. She might be jelly. <laughs> Before we bring out our first guest, I'd like to give you the update on Danny Tanner, Bachelor of the Month, day ten. <laughs> Last night was so romantic. Amber and I spent the evening riding bumper cars. Oh, boy, can she bump. Danny, I don't think our viewers need to hear about another one of your shallow dates. Our first guest for today Excuse is... me a second. Did you, did you just say shallow? Well, you've been out with 24 women in 10 nights. What would you call that? <laughs> Holy <Party> moo. <laughs> like I said, Danny, shallow. Oh, I'm sure your dating life is so deep. I can just picture you out with some stuffed shirt. Discussing Russian literature over white wine and brie. Oh, I can imagine what your dating life is like. G. Amber. I wonder which bumper car goes the fastest. <laughs> well, if you'd, uh, if you'd like to find out what I'm like on a date, why don't you uh, experience the real thing? Uh, are you asking me out right here in front of all our viewers? Sure makes it harder for you to say no, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, why don't you... Uh, Come over to my house tonight, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll take you out to dinner. What do you say? Uh, is it a date? It's a date. Great. And then uh, tomorrow, you can, you can tell everybody that I'm not the shallow, bubble-headed bachelor that you think I am. Or I can call it like I see it. <laughs> so she says, Danny, I don't think we need to hear about one of your shallow dates. He's like, are you calling my date shallow? And she's like, well, Danny, you've been out with 24 women in 10 days. What would you call it? So I did the math. 24 women in 10 days. That's pretty much two dates a day. Two and a half dates. Almost two and a half dates a day. Wow. It's got to fit in all those women in that month of time. It's only got a month to do it before they choose someone else. And Danny's a little perturbed. Like, oh, yeah, I can just imagine the kind of guys you go out with, the stuffed shirt professor type, where you're talking about classic literature while you're sipping on your white wine and you're listening to Ch Chopin and Beethoven and Tchaikovsky. 
while you eat brie and crackers. Of course, Danny's like, oh, well, I would just call that quality time. You know, all the 24 women in 10 days. Yeah. So they're getting to a little uh, heated argument here. Where she's like, oh, I bet your dating life is so great. So deep, too. I mean, oh, gee, Amber, I wonder which bumper card goes the fastest. <laughs> so basically, Danny tells her to put her money where her mouth is. Basically, uh, put up or shut up. Like, hey, why don't you uh, see what I have to offer? Offer, You know, uh, come out you know, to my place. I'll take you out to dinner. You can... See what it's like to date Danny Tanner. And Vicky's a little surprised. She's like, Danny, are you um asking me out in front of all of our viewers? And he's like, yeah, it kind of makes it hard to say no, doesn't it? It's like, well, sure, okay. I'll take a chance on you and see what you have to offer. I'm going to play this clip. This is funny. <laughs> How... Joey just got off the phone. He he turns to Jesse, who's got an armful of laundry again. And he's like, Jesse, can you believe that's like the third Cindy that's called Danny today? How does he keep all these women straight? And Jesse comes up with this like mnemonic device for like um a girl like named Lisa who wears lace, like Lacey Lisa. Heather wore leather. And he says, Rhonda was like, oh, you know, the Beach Boys, Beach Boys song, Help Me, Help Me, Rhonda. And he's just like, his head's kind of tilted as he's recalling this girl named Rhonda. Granted, Becky is right behind him coming down the stairs as she overhears. She's got a basketball laundry. He actually's got the clean clothes in one of those bags. And Becky comes up right behind Jess, like, help you do what? And he's like, oh, hey, um, here's the clean laundry. She's like, good, because here's more to throw in the washer. Like I said, that washer and dryer, they are getting a workout. Oh, okay, sorry, no, Jesse had the basket of laundry that's clean. Becky just handed him a blue cloth bag full of Dirty cloth diapers, spit up rags, dirty shirts, you know, onesies. Becky comes down. She's got a white rag or uh, spit up cloth on either shoulder for either twin. Jess, that is the third Cindy that's called Danny today. How does he keep all these women straight? Well, see, I used to use memory tricks. Like, uh, like if I went out with Lisa and she wore lace, it was Lacey Lisa, right? Uh, Heather wore leather, so, well, that one was easy. Uh, and then, like, Rhonda was like, uh, help me, Rhonda. <laughs> help, help me, Rhonda. Help you do what? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice job, yeah. Here, the stuff's clean. Great, because all this stuff is dirty. Oh. Ever end. Honey, one more thing. Don't forget to change the crib liner because Alex spit up again. Is it my imagination, or is more coming out than going in? I know. It's one of the mysteries of science. Hey, what happened to Mighty Dad and Mighty Mama? <laughs> or Mighty Pooped. You know, you two should really pace yourselves. The twins don't even move yet. Oh, right. crap. That's a wet cry. Whose turn, turn is it? Yours. Yours. All right, I'll go. 
So, I was kind of wondering why the heck this chest or hope chest or bureau or whatever it is, a uh, trunk of some sort, is kind of in the, in between where the kitchen island and the bottom of the stairs is. I'm like, why is that there? Well, it's there because Jesse and Becky need to sit on it as they're kind of contemplating, you know, as being new parents, all these responsibilities. Their kids are constantly peeing, pooping, needing to be changed, needing to be fed. Uh, apparently, Alex spit up in, the, in the, his crib and his uh, crib liner needs to be changed. Jesse finally sits down and he's like, oh my god, I just need a minute here. Is it just me or does it seem like more is coming out than is actually staying in their bodies? So Jesse and, and Becky already, I mean, the babies haven't even been home probably a full month yet, and they're already feeling the pinch of this new responsibility. Granted, Joey doesn't help. He's like, hey, as he looks at Jesse and Becky just hunched over on this trunk, like, <laughs> can barely ca catch my breath. And he's like, hey, what happened to Mighty Dad and Mighty Mama? And they're like, well, we're mighty tired. Jesse's like, we're mighty pooped. So Jess, or Joey, of course, non-parent that he is, he's like, you know, you guys should really pace yourselves. I mean, the twins don't even move yet. Exactly. They're not, like, burning off the energy of what they ate or anything. So it's basically what's going in is coming right out of them. And depending on how many times Becky feeds the twins and everything, it's like, what else does that food and stuff have to do but turn into waste? Becky just lays her head on Jesse's shoulder and immediately, Wah! it's Jesse's uh, walkie-talkie there that he's got in the baby's room. The little baby monitor, you hear one of the, it's like, oh, well, that's a wet cry. And then Jesse and Becky both look at each other like, okay, whose turn is it? And they point at each other, it's your turn. No, no, it's your turn. And they both just head up there. And it's like, Joey, anybody can see, it's like, these guys... They kind of need a break for a hot second, whether it's just a minute to just sit down and eat something, because they probably hardly, all they have for breakfast were like those three donuts that he managed to get on that broom handle. That is, they're just running themselves silly. Danny can't exactly help because he's either busy with putting Michelle to bed at three in the afternoon or going out on more dates. He's riding that Bachelor of the Month train for as far as he can take it. And if you think about it, if it's been 10 days, that means that he's got, what, at least maybe 20 more days? That's like a two and a half weeks, but even still. Danny needs to pace himself. Two dates a day in the course of 10 days. More, or even two and a half. Like, that is, Wow. So now we go to Michelle's room. Danny is doing, well, his, I don't think he's doing his best. He's really cutting a lot of corners with this bedtime story. He inserts himself Daniel, a handsome lad named Daniel, who was Bachelor of the Kingdom, and all the ladies wanted to date him. And then, of course, Miss Vicky comes along. Oh, the Prince of the Month, yeah. He even brings in Vicky... Prince Danny's, 
Prince Daniel's co-host thought he was shallow. So Prince Daniel decided to sweep Prince, uh, Vicky off her feet. And she's just, she's under the covers. She's looking at Danny. It's like, this is not your best story. It really isn't. He cut a lot of corners. He's not even reading from a book. He's just picking what's going on in his life with the Bachelor of the Month. I'm sure Michelle's like, I don't care about you being Bachelor of the Month. I don't care. It's taking time away from our time together, you with all these ladies. Granted, she's like five years old. She's not going to say any of that to her father. She just looks at him and says, not your best story. She's not ready for bed. Her hair's still up in a high ponytail or whatever you want to call that do. Oh, and he says, wait now, I'm not done. And he says, Prince Daniel and his co-host Vicky went on the love ride in a swan and then, or a little tugboat, and he does the toot toot, and then she's satisfied, like, okay, yeah, the story's better. Of course, Teddy comes over, he's like, hey, Michelle, I thought we were going to play. What are you doing in bed? And Michelle's like, daddy's tucking me in. And Teddy's like, before dinner? Like, well, at least we got a time stamp, so it's clearly before 6 o'clock. I don't know what time the Tanners eat dinner. I eat dinner between 5 and 5.30, sometimes 6, on the weekends. When I'm working, I usually eat my quote-unquote dinner during my 10-minute break at 5 o'clock. Danny, of course, explains to Teddy that he has a date tonight, so he's doing Michelle's bedtime routine a little early. Teddy, of course, is like, you are a strange family. Once upon a time, there was a lad named Daniel, and he became the prince of the month. The prince Daniel's co-host, Princess Vicky, she thought that Daniel was nothing more than a shallow maiden chaser. Yeah, so prince Daniel decided to sweep Princess Vicky off of her feet with his charming, dashing ways and make her eat her words in front of the whole TV kingdom. Not your best story. Wait, I'm not done. And the two of them sailed off into the sunset on a beautiful magic tugboat. I do love that tugboat. Okay, honey, you get your kitchen water. We turn the nightlight on. We lock the dollhouse door. And we say sweet dreams. I thought we were going to play. Daddy's tucking me in. Before dinner? Teddy, I have a date tonight, so we're doing Michelle's bedtime routine a little early. Now I could get up and play. This is a strange family. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning, honey. Daddy, can I go on your date with you? No. No, dating, that's something you'll do when you're, well, in your 30s. <laughs> My daddy's always leaving me. Danny if she can go on his date with him and he's like honey no you can't okay dating is something you'll do 
when you're in your 30s. <laughs> so he leaves Teddy and Michelle alone. Michelle's sad, like, he's always leaving me. And then she devises a plan, like, I'm going to go on my daddy's date. And Teddy's like, but your daddy said no. She's like, then we got to be sneaky. And Teddy points him, like, we? And she's like, she winks at him. She gives him the Michelle wink, like, oh, yeah, us, you and me. I love Teddy's little outfit with the black suspenders, and he's got the mustard yellow shirt with the uh, black print on it. I also like that I noticed on his wrist, he's got, like, one of the, it's not an ID bracelet, but it's kind of like a little metal chain. Like, Teddy's, like, five years old, and he's already too too cool for school. So, while those two goobers are coming up with a plan to sneak away, Stephanie comes down, they got the table looking fancy-schmancy, they got it actually turned sideways, and they got a really pretty teal tablecloth, they got some mac and cheese, they got some baked beans going on, they got even the candles lit, they got a couple little mini vases with a single red rose in each of them. Stephanie comes down and says, Jesse and Becky are just about coming down the stairs. So Stephanie's like, hey Joey, is there special dinner ready? And he's like, yes, I made my specialty, pork and beans in a white wine sauce. And he comes in, he kind of tosses his keys in the air and catches them. He's like, hey everybody, guess where I'm going? Joey, Stephanie, and DJ are, like, on a date. Duh. You've been going on a date twice a day for the last, like, 12 days. If you think about other than sleeping, working, and dating, that's all he pretty much has been doing. Oh, there they are! Michelle and Teddy are sneaking past the kitchen outside on the patio. Oh, those little goobs. They're sneaky. And he's like, oh, not just any date. Guess who I'm going out with? And they they just roll their eyes like, Princess Vicky. Like, oh, and Danny's like, oh, I guess I told that story to everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've already decided now Stephanie is going to get the Worst Outfit Award. It's like a jumper with a bunch of different patterns of velvet cloth of different colors, teal, purple, fuchsia. They're all, like, sewn and patched together, like, long strips of velvet are just sewn together haphazardly. Which makes me think of the song by Dolly Parton, My Coat of Many Colors. Jesse and Becky come down, like, Steph, what's going on? We're really busy right now. Steph takes their hands and is like, oh, Cosopolis... Table for two is ready for you. And they're like, what's going on? Joey says, look, we're going to take care of the twins. You guys just hang out for a night of dinner and quality time, just the two of you. This is really, really sweet. I'm not surprised that they didn't think of this sooner to do this with all of them. You know, Danny and Joey and even, you know, DJ and Steph. It's like, guys, you really definitely could be pitching in and give them a break. At least maybe, I'd say maybe a couple times a month, maybe even 
you know, just kind of let them, because if they're only living on two hours of sleep a night, they are barely functioning. I'm surprised they're even able to string two words together. They just look really worn out. Steph, sweetie, what is it? We're very busy. Ah, the Godsopolis party of two, right this way. Your table is waiting. Wow, this is very sweet of you. Yeah, you guys did this for us? That's right. Jesse and Rebecca, you've won a night of free childcare and a romantic dinner for two. Pork and beans? In a white wine sauce. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Wow. Boy, gee, I can't believe we have the whole evening to ourselves. Right, this is a chance to have a nice adult conversation without talking about the babies. You know, we'll just catch up on the rest of our lives. You're right. Okay. <laughs> so how's your music going? Well, I haven't uh, spent much time in the studio since the babies were born. No, but, but, hmm, babies. <laughs> so, uh, so you miss uh, the Wake Up San Francisco show? Boy, to tell you the truth, since the babies have been born, I, I haven't had much time to think about it. That's the babies. You know, Nikki did the cutest thing today. Surely, what did you do? <laughs> well, when he sneezed, he looked like a little bunny rabbit. Oh, I missed the bunny sneezing. Yeah. Okay, we're doing it. We're do Come on, now. This is a chance to, to really enjoy ourselves and right. let's take advantage of it. Okay? You're right. You're right. So, Joey, Stephanie, and DJ all head upstairs. I'm surprised that neither of them out of the three managed to say, hey, oh, let me take this baby monitor too, so you guys are like completely free to just talk and hang out and this is a oh uh they also turn out the lights but they have these little candles and then um right where the stairwell is to go down in the recording studio they have a little light there so there is a little bit of light and it's really it's a nice romantic mood and it's cute seeing Jesse and Becky in this moment because when have they ever just sat down just the two of them to a dinner and just, you know, talked about whatever? The only time I can ever think is the Rock the Cradle episode, which I'll get to when I cover the Jesse and Becky arc in January and February. And even then it was basically she wanted to break the news to Jesse about her being pregnant, but he was so jazzed about, you know his band going on tour for the summer. And it's funny how outside of J Becky's job at Wake Up San Francisco and Jesse being a musician, what else, conversation-wise, uh, and, and that and the twins, you know, because she mentions Nikki with a bunny sneeze. You know, he looked like just a, li a little bunny when he sneezed. And Jesse's like, oh, I miss the bunny sneeze. And then Jesse kind of brings it back. Like, okay, no, no, no. No talk about the twins, honey. We're supposed to be just hanging out and getting reacquainted with each other. Which, she's on hiatus with or maternity leave with Wake Up San Francisco. And he's really not doing any recording since the babies came. But they got to have more in common, don't they? I mean, they've been married for, I'd say got to be married for at least... A year, right? At least maybe even a year and a half at this point. They must have something outside of their jobs and their twins to talk about, don't they? 
I mean, Jeremy and I may not like all the same things. Like, I'm not big on video games, and he is, and I'm, you know, into, you know, we like different and similar TV shows, but other than that, I mean, we still manage, Jeremy doesn't like to read, I love to read, but we still manage to find things to yak about, even late at night while we're trying to drift off to sleep, while, like, say a line from a movie, and that'll just get us going into a conversation, or talking about the toys we had growing up, because even though we're seven years apart and everything like that, we still... You know, Saturday morning cartoons, and, you know, the 80s and the 90s stuff, it's like, yeah. Okay, so Joey, DJ, and Stephanie are in the nursery. Joey says, hey, we got a little problem here. It's a diaper situation. Let's handle this in a mature way. They do the rock, paper, scissors. Well, he says rock, scissors, paper. Maybe they don't have the rights to say rock, paper, scissors. Both DJ and Stephanie choose scissors, and Joey goes with paper. Joey's lo Joey loses. He's got to change the twins' urine diaper. So both Stephanie and DJ are like, oh, you got to change Nikki's diaper. Bye. And Joey's like, oh, come on, girls. Let's be, come on. No, they're, Joey, has it been, it's been, what, four and a half years since you had to change Michelle's diaper? I'm sure you didn't forget. It's pretty simple. Where's Alex? Is he sleeping? All right, girls, diaper alert. <laughs> we have a little problem here, so let's settle this the mature adult way. Rock, scissors, paper. One, two, three. Scissors cut paper. Joey, you lose. You have to change Nikki's diaper. Come on. Bye -bye. Come on. Give me a break here, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, let's see what you got here. You act like you've never done it before. Wow. Oh, he definitely poopy. Okay, let's get you cleaned up here. Now, I volunteered to do this out of the goodness of my heart, so let's have a nice thank you for your Uncle Joey. Well, at least your mom and dad get to enjoy a nice romantic dinner to themselves. So, Nikki definitely poopied because Joey's reaction when he un uh, latches the diaper, he's like, oh, I'm gonna puke on the floor. Um, yeah, he's like, oh, I ought to change your name to Poopie. <laughs> he says I should change my name to Poopie. Joey, man, look, you've changed Michelle's diaper for months before she was potty trained, probably a year worth of poopy and peeing diapers. It's not, it's got to be second nature. If you've done it, it's like riding a bike, right? Like once you've done it once, you can easily probably do it with your eyes, you know, blindfolded or closed or whatever. So Joey's all like trying to bargain with Nikki, like, hey, I, I, I promise to do this out of the goodness of my heart so your mom and dad could have a romantic meal together. Just say, or, you know, just a nice thank you. Just... So, Nikki Peace, here's the problem, though. I can see the changing table. I can see Nikki's, like, knees, like, raised up and stuff like that. The level of pee that comes out of this little hole that is probably drilled in the bottom of the changing table is not anywhere near Nikki's you know, his hoo-ha. It's nowhere near. It looks like it's, like, below his feet. 
Babies don't pee out of their feet. Granted, it's spraying way up in the air like someone is taking one of those um, kitchen sprayers or they're spraying like a little uh, whatchamacall in the air. It's like, I don't think the stream would last for that long. So we cut downstairs. Jesse and Becky have not even touched their food. You can tell it's been a length of time because the candles, which were at least maybe six inches tall, are now like a little worn nub. And they're still burning at full brightness. They're both asleep, but it's adorable that they're across the table from each other, but they both still are holding hands. And you get a sh really pretty shot of... Becky's wedding ring. An engagement ring. Danny takes Vicky to Shay Leon and has the valet go and take his gold car, which he also teaches DJ to drive in. He says the poor, the prices are high, the portions are small, and the waiters are snooty. So he takes his valet slip from the valet and Vicky and Danny walk into the restaurant. However, interesting. We learn that Michelle and Teddy are in the back seat under a blanket. Why Danny's got a blanket back there, being it's California, I'll never understand. Maybe sometimes late at night, like in like January, it gets a little nippy at night. Like if you're on the road, say you have a problem with your car and it's a little chilly, the car, the battery like dies, your car dies, you're stranded somewhere and you need to like keep warm with that thermal blanket. And the valet who goes to park their car does not notice these two lumps in the backseat under a blanket. Like, what is this? He didn't even discover those kids. So, yeah, it's like the guy hasn't even moved the vehicle yet, and Teddy and Michelle are all like, oh my gosh, that's the quietest I've ever been in my whole life. I'm going to play this clip. We did it. I've never been that quiet in my whole life. Me neither. Ah! Much better. Let's go. So Danny comes in. He wants to impress Vicky. The guy says, your table is ready. He's like, uh, table, um, can I have a booth? Danny hands the guy, like, just like a $5 bill. He, the guy just looked at him like, a booth? I'm afraid not. Come away to your table. Here, let me show it to you. Yeah, the thing is, when I go into a restaurant, if I'm going to be seated somewhere, like whether it's an Applebee's or wherever, I kind of want a booth. I don't want a hardback chair. Ever had a good time sitting in a hardback chair? Nobody that I know. Especially if you're gonna pay to sit down and wait for an appetizer and then wait for them to make your food and also get your drinks. Well, Danny, you did say the waiters were snooty. Michelle and Teddy come in after the waiter seats Danny and Vicky. Michelle turns to Teddy and says, This is a grown up restaurant. We should act like grown ups. Teddy extends his elbow. This way, my dear. And she takes it. Adorable. So, the guy who waits on Danny is a slipped-backed, ponytail-haired guy with a multicolored vest. Danny's like, oh, Vicky, you're gonna love the pate here, trust me. Oh, sir, can you please tell Franco that... Says, can you please tell Frederick bonjour from Danny Tanner? The guy looks very angry as he just glowers at Danny and says, 
Frederick quit a year and a half ago. Okay, this guy clearly is very angry that Frederick quit or he just hated his manager or whoever this guy is because he just glowers at Danny and walks away. And Vicky's like, oh, yeah, you say you come here often, huh? Danny is just dumbfounded. Oh, um, did he leave any pate? The guy just doesn't say anything and just turns on his heel and just walks away. Like, eh, bye. Go get your drinks. I was ready. Thank you. Um, could the lady and I have a nice booth instead? <laughs> a booth? I'm afraid not. They're right this way. trying to make this a decent night for Vicky. I mean, the fact that he wanted to get them a both was turned down. He's like, oh, yeah, I know a guy here. His name is Frederick. Like, oh, is Frederick here? Say hey to him from Danny Tanner. And the guy's like, yeah, Frederick quit like a year and a half ago. It's like every way that Danny's trying to impress Vicky, he just keeps getting shot down and made a fool. Like, oh, man. So, the guy who's sitting the other couple prior to Teddy and Michelle is, uh, taking care of them. He doesn't see Teddy and Michelle sneak over and Michelle's like, hey, there's my daddy over there. And Teddy's like, there's no chairs over there. So she's like, here's a bigger chair. We'll sit in this booth. And then she peeks over the side of the booth and is whispering, daddy, daddy. And Vicky, of course, notices and she's like, uh, Danny, I think another one of your admirers is looking your way. And Danny's like, oh, you know what? I'm not even, as flattered as I am, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. And she's like, <laughs> no, I really think you should turn and look. And Danny's like, oh, my God, it's my daughter. Well, he probably is wondering, well, how did she get there? I doubt he's like, oh, I bet she stowed away in my car. No, he probably like, maybe she hitched a ride on the trolley and made it all the way down to downtown San Francisco without being, you know, kidnapped or something. And she drug along her best friend, Teddy. And he's probably thinking, well, oh my gosh, nobody knows where you kids are. Michelle, this was not safe. This was not a good thing to do. I'm very angry with you. Uh, if I were Danny Tanner, I would be fit to be tied. Not only is she ruining his date, but now he has to make a phone call home and say, you guys, where have you been? Michelle and Teddy are missing. Not only is my child missing, but somebody else's child is missing. And I'm sure Joey's like, well, we wanted to do right by, you know, Jesse and Becky. We noticed how tired they've been with the twins being home. You know, we, we just thought, hey, let's give them a nice 
home-cooked meal, and we're going to go take care of the twins, me and DJ and Stephanie, who Stephanie and DJ, of course, you saw them bounce when they did the old rock, paper, scissors thing, and Joey lucked out. He had to change Nikki's diaper, and he's like, oh, come on, girls. Like, dude, you've been changing diapers for a while now. It's old habit. But it's like, seriously, kids? Michelle, somebody, somebody needs to be watching Michelle. No one's doing their job. I mean, and if any of those restaurant patrons saw those two kids, they're like, where, where do you belong to, children? I'm calling CPS right now, even though they're closed. I'll leave a message on their answering machine. Daddy. Excuse me. <laughs> Who are you here with? My daddy. He's on a date. Oh, so that'll be four. What? Actually, I'm sorry. Before Vicky and Danny notice Michelle and Teddy there, um, they get in the booth. Michelle's trying to like say, "Hey, Daddy, Daddy, it's me." The guy with the ponytail comes up and he's like, "Excuse me, who are you with?" Michelle, not even batting an eye, is like, "I'm here with my daddy. He's on a date." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, great! It'll be four." And hands. The kids, these menus that are literally as tall as they are. Mind you, Michelle is in kindergarten. A lot of the stuff on the menu she's not going to be able to reach. She's like, I'll just have a happy meal. And the guy's like, huh? And then Teddy's like, I'll have what she's having, but hold the pickles. And the guy's like, what? And he just, like, turns away. His little, his ponytail just swaying from side to side. Like, I can't believe this. I don't get paid enough to babysit children. This looks like a restaurant would ha that would have a no children welcome policy. It really, really does. The waiters are snooty. I'm just really surprised that they even were able to get in the door. Granted, the guy running the check-in station didn't even notice him of course we got a guy pushing a tray of desserts parks it right by michelle and teddy's booth and just leaves it there the kids like go to town like oh yeah this is a happy meal oh yeah oh my gosh those pieces of chocolate cake with some type of filling in the middle are like as big as both of michelle's hands like stretched out together side by side um they are literally four these pieces of cake are four inches long go for it your dad's gonna be uh <laughs> oh Bachelor of the Month. Well, I don't want to make you jealous, so uh, I'm not even gonna look. No, really, you. You ought to look. Daddy, you gotta try the Happy Meal. Oh my gosh, my daughter. Uh, Michelle, how did you get here? In your car, we were hiding in the back seat. 
If we're in trouble, it was her idea. Yeah, you're definitely in trouble, kids. Well, you're both definitely in trouble. Please, into the booth. Both. Is everything all right? No. My daughter and her friends stowed away in my car. Michelle. Why did you do that? I never see you anymore. Is that because you're the spatula of the mom? Yeah, how do you eat your cake? Eat your dessert, Teddy. <laughs> Michelle. How could you say you never see me anymore? I see you every morning, and I told you a bedtime story tonight. Before dinner, seven counts. You don't tuck me in anymore. Sweetheart, if I'm not able to tuck you in for some reason, there's <laughs> always someone else there to tuck you in. It's not the same. You do the best tug boat. Actually, she has a point there. I, I do one heck of a toot toot. <laughs> but that does not excuse you from leaving the house and sneaking into my car. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, it's not all your fault. Danny, don't waffle. I should have talked to you about this whole dating thing before I started going out every night. I know how important it is to you that I tuck you in. It's important to me, too. I love our special times together. I'll tell you what. Why don't you and I make a special date tomorrow night at your bedtime for me to tuck you in? What do you say? Is it a date? It's a date. I love you, honey. I love you, Daddy. Aww. <laughs> Danny, since we're all here, why don't we make this a double date? Okay. Well, if you'll excuse me, I'll call home and tell them that the kids are okay. <laughs> I had no idea they were even going. She, for that booth. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. She just slid right into it. Lucky. Here we go. This is okay with your daddy, right? Right. <laughs> so, Michelle and Teddy are eating the cake. They didn't even take the plates off of this, this serving tray there. They're just flat out eating them right there. <laughs> and, of course, she looks like, Hey, Daddy! Daddy, look at me! Daddy, you gotta try the Happy Meal! Danny goes over like, Honey, what are you doing here? And he's, he's freaking out. He's like, how did you get here? I like that Danny is stern with her at first, and then he waffles. So he asks, like, how did you get here? She's like, in your car, we were hiding in the back seat. And Teddy, of course, like, if we're in trouble, it was her idea. And Danny is like, yes, you are both in a lot of trouble. So he's like, all right, into the booth. He takes Michelle. Puts her in the booth. Teddy, of course, brings his chocolate cake with him. Sets it down on the menu. Vicky finally comes over. He's like, Danny, is everything okay? Is something wrong? He's like, no, no. It is definitely not okay. But Vicky gets to see another side of Danny being a parent here. When he asks Michelle, he actually has her stand up so he can see her eye to eye. He asks her, why did you do that? And she's like, because I never see you anymore. He's like, honey... I see you every day. She says, well, you don't tuck me in anymore. It's like, honey, I tucked you in this afternoon. And she's like, that doesn't count. It was before dinner. And I get it. These father-daughter times are very important to Michelle. That routine, that daddy-daughter time. And the fact that he's been kind of neglecting his daddy responsibilities to go out on two dates a day. Uh, a day. And he's like, honey, if I'm not there to tuck you in, there's always somebody there to tuck you in. And she's like, it's not the same, though. He's like, no one else does the tugboat like you do. 
And Danny kind of turns to Becky like, well, she's got a point there. I do do the best tugboat. Doot, doot. So Teddy's like, is that because you're the spatula of the month? Because Michelle says, because she can't pronounce bachelor, she says spatula. Which, I mean, it does to a kid probably sound similar. How much you want to bet? I wonder, I bet anything. That slice of cake, how much you want to bet? That is a big slice of cake with cream in the middle. Looks like it could be like strawberry, raspberry, or something like that. I bet anything, that slice of cake, it being at least two inches high and at least four inches wide, that's got to be at least a $20 or more slice of cake. So yeah, Danny's pretty much just seeing this as Michelle's complaining about not being tucked in. With Michelle, it's a lot more than that. That's their special time together. And the fact that he's just cutting corners with it, you know, doing it in the afternoon, reading her bedtime, start tucking her in. Like, no, that's not the same thing. The fact that he's neglecting his duties and just saying, honey, if I can't tuck you in, somebody else more than likely will do that. You know, DJ and Stephanie did that one night. Maybe Joey will do it the next. Jesse and Becky are busy with the twins, so it's probably going to be either DJ, Stephanie, Joey. I just... But, Danny... This is just absurd. I get that he's the Bachelor of the Month, and he wants to make his way through all the single women of San Francisco, but you do have a daughter that really appreciates that one-on-one -on -one time. And she's only going to be five years old for a short amount of time. And I get that she has to understand that sometimes things are not always going to be repetitive day in, day out. I guess she's got to accept that sometimes there would be changes in the routine. But two dates a day is just absolutely ridiculous. You space that stuff out. I like how Danny does bring this back and he says, that is not your behavior and what is going on with me missing out on our special tuck-in time and bedtime story does not excuse you for climbing into my car and stowing away. I didn't know where, you, nobody in the house knows where you are. That is not a good thing. Granted, he does kind of waffle and says, well, I'm sorry, Michelle, I really should have been more aware of how important our special time is together. Yeah, it's when she asks, am I in big trouble? And Danny just kind of looks at her like, honey, I'm, I'm sorry. He, apologizes. he does that with all the girls. I get that he's trying to be a mother and father. He's trying to be as much as he can and give as much as he can as a single parent and just feels like oh maybe I am being too hard on them they don't have a mother and I'm really even though I have the help of Jesse and Becky and Joey that's not the same thing as their dad having that one-on-one -on -one relationship so rather than you know say you are going to be punished when you get home we're going to talk about that later. He kind of brings it back on himself and apologizes to her. Oh, he says, well, it's not all your fault. He does say, I should have talked to you about this whole dating thing. I don't, I honestly don't think she is bothered by the fact that he is dating other women. Because she 
was only, what, eight, nine months old when her mother passed away? Maybe even as far as I'd say six months old. Um, so she never got to establish a real connection with her mother. That's not what bothers her, is the fact that her dad is not there when she needs him. And he does kind of make it up to her. He's like, hey, I know how important these daddy-daughter times are to you, all right? They are very important to me, too. How about this? Tomorrow night, you and I are going to have a special day, your bedroom, going to read you the tugboat story at least twice, do the tugboat, doot-doot, and tuck you in extra tight. He's like, what do you say? Is that a date? And she's like, it's a date. And he looks at her like, honey, I love you very much. He's like, I love you too, daddy. God, now I'm starting to get teared up. But I like that Becky, did I say Becky? Vicky, she's seeing a paternal side of Danny. He's not showboating. He's not full of hot air. You know, prancing around like a rooster. You know, walking around, strutting his stuff. He's, he's not like that. She is seeing a whole other side of Danny. So Vicky kind of jumps in like, you know, since it's the four of us, why don't we make this a double date? And Danny's like, you know, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to call home, let them know where the kids are. And Vicky gets up and grabs that plate with the ch uh, chocolate cake on there. Of course, she grabs the one that Michelle was eating from because the one in the middle was untouched. How funny that... The man who is pushing the dessert cart has not appeared. He's not like, what's going on here? These were handcrafted by specialty chefs who have been taught by Gordon Ramsay. You have no idea how much blood, sweat, and tears went into making these precious, beautiful pieces of cake that are more like pieces of art and need to be photographed and hung on a wall in a museum. Danny and Vicky and Michelle all come home and I love how Vicky kind of bends down and just is really sweet to Michelle like Michelle I had a great time I hope we double date again soon. And of course Michelle's like tomorrow works for me. <laughs> so Danny shuts the door goes over to Michelle bends down and says honey why don't we go over your social calendar when I go upstairs and tuck you in okay. I'm gonna say goodnight to Vicky you go upstairs. Michelle says, I'll be waiting upstairs with a tugboat book. And he's like, toot, toot. She's like, you still got it. <laughs> so Danny, you know, he apologizes to Vicky. It's like, Vicky, I'm sorry. I know this isn't the scintillating date that I had really pictured. And I know it's not what you thought it would be. And she's just, she's really cute here. I like how she, you know, she's honestly, like, actually, I had a great time. And she says, I hope you don't mind if I tell our viewers that you're a ter terrific dad. And it's like, well, I, if those are the same viewers that watch him when he was a sportscaster, I mean, they've seen his family. They know he's a great, awesome dad. But, I mean, to have his co-host validate that, awesome. Oh, I love Danny. And the, I just, oh, he's so great here. He's so honest. It's just, he's showing his true colors. Like, you know, I, I'm sorry, you know, dating those ladies. I mean, as much as it looks like, I'm really not, you know, a big stud, you know, bachelor guy. And she's like, meh. She's like, meh, somehow I knew that.
this is just, it's great. I just love this interaction of them just being open and honest and really just even vulnerable with each other. You know, especially Danny. It's like the mask comes off, his bravado and everything. He just left it at the door and just, she saw his parental side and just him just, yeah, it's it's great. I love Danny like this. I love when he he bears himself emotionally to somebody like this, especially somebody that he knew that he really he did want to impress her. He he does like her. And I think that, you know, she is kind of vibing on him too. So he's like I'm I'm just kind of, you know, looking for someone special and um it just makes me think of, you know, his wife Pam and how he wants that connection with another person. He wants to feel how he felt when he, he met Pam, the, the the excitement, the nervousness, the just jumping in with both feet. I mean, I I get it. And and she even Vicky admits she's like, you know, I, I'm I'm kinda looking for the same thing myself. It's like boom, connection. Yes. Bring these two lonely hearts together. Make a love connection. So Danny says, well, uh, good night. And she's got her hand on the doorknob. He kisses her on the cheek with you respectfully. But that eye contact, guys, is like, right. Tractor beam. <laughs> oh, that, they go in for the kiss. And the audience is like, woo! They're they're loving this connection between Danny and Vicky. I mean, we just met her like an episode ago, but guys, it's like, yeah, I like what they're setting up here. And this relationship between Danny and Vicky is not going to be without its, you know, struggles down the road with her. You know, eventually Becky's going to have to come back to Wake Trip, San Francisco, and eventually, you know, she could have gotten a job on the show or at the station even, but unfortunately, you know, for Danny's sake and even Vicky's, it's like she already accepted a job in Chicago. And that means that's going to mean long distance relationship. That's going to be new for Danny. You know, he was married to his wife for at least 10 years. And now he's starting to get at this point into a new relationship with with Vicky and then comes the struggle of a long distance relationship. They do their best to make it work and everything and eventually, you know, he proposes. Sadly, that means that she, I mean, at one point it seemed like they were playing with the idea. She did mention, honey, if we're going to be married, I do need to learn how to cook for, you know, 10 people. So, but sadly, you know, you guys know You've watched the show. You know this doesn't end well for them. That they do eventually have to call off the engagement. Because she accepts a news anchor position in New York. Which is a lot farther than Chicago. It's basically on the other side of the United States of America. And it's... It, oh my god. Guys, when I get to... That is going to be its own special segment of, you know, breakups. Jesse and Becky's breakup. DJ and Steve's breakup. Um, Danny and Vicky's. I'm sure I can find another one in there, too, to reveal. And with all some major romances, sometimes they just either 
don't work out or maybe in the end we realize it's not always meant to be. But Fuller House gave us a taste. They gave us a preview of what could happen. What we've wanted to happen for over 20 plus years. The same with DJ and Steve. Endgame DJ and Steve. Endgame Danny and Vicky. I mean, Danny dated occasionally here and there. Maybe a two or three episode stint with Gia's mom. But other than that, it's just... That connection between Danny and Vicky is solid. Michelle, who's not in bed, is like, ooh! She's, uh... Sticking her face, not between the rungs of the staircase, luckily, because that would be a major problem in itself. They would, yeah. <laughs> Danny and Vicky kind of break apart, and he's got this smile, Danny's got this smile on his face. Vicky, of course, is a little, like, shocked, like, what? Like, she's almost like she's been caught doing something wrong. And Danny's like, <laughs> I'll be right up, honey. Y'all <laughs> does a toot-toot tugboat and runs off. To her bedroom. My guess is everyone's asleep. <laughs> Nobody's there. Except for probably, depending on what time they get home, I don't know. Alright guys. Kiss. They've just, they've crossed that line of colleagues, co-workers, however you want to play it. They crossed that line of mixing business and pleasure together. How's it going to pan out? How's it going to work out, right? They're going to eventually have to address that kiss. I'm going to play this clip. Look, Vicki, uh, I'm sorry. This wasn't the scintillating evening I was hoping for. Actually, it was fun. <laughs> I hope you don't mind if I tell our viewers you're a terrific dad. Thanks. Look, uh, I, I got a little carried away with all those women suddenly wanting to go out with me. Truth is, I'm not really... Uh, Super stud bachelor. Somehow I knew that. You know, I'm just looking for somebody special. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm going through the same thing. Really? Yeah. Well. Good night. Good night. I love when he shuts the door after Vicky leaves and does a whole little finger through the hair thing and the audience just go, woohoo! It's like, yes, they are excited. The audience, us, the viewers, we're excited to see where Danny and Vicky goes. So far in season five, we haven't seen Danny with anyone serious. So this appearance of Vicky is like, okay, here's a new lady in Danny's life. How is this going to, you know turn out and how is it gonna develop and it's almost like we're getting on the tanner danny vicky train and we are not getting off until it pulls to the station because we are on it and that's the episode guys i just i chose this episode in honor of gail edwards birthday because this was the starting point 
for Danny and Vicky, and I just thought it was was really great. Like I said, my favorite scene is going to be, of course, the kiss between Danny and Vicky, and just even before the kiss, just them, especially Danny. He's just so lays himself out there and just makes himself so vulnerable and just like I'm just you know looking for someone special he wants that connection like he he had with Pam that took time to grow but he wants that again he's open and he's we've seen him go on a few dates but he is really he, he wants he wants to move forward he's ready and open those dates that he went on, those weren't serious. Those weren't really going to go anywhere. But here, yeah. Even on the first day on the job when Vicky was on the scene and Joey was there because he worked at the same station, you know, with uh, Ranger Joe. And he sat in, you know, as a guest on Wake Up San Francisco. And Vicky was called off to wardrobe or makeup or something. And Joey called it. He's like, <laughs> You're totally hot for her, aren't you? Because Danny's like, she's abrasive and arrogant and this and that. And Joey's like, you are totally hot for her. And Danny's like, oh man, I, I know she's going to drive me crazy. She's going to drive me nuts, right? <laughs> and I really got to say, as far as for a relatable character this episode, I'm going to go with Danny. Because like it or not, if you're in a new, new relationship especially one where you've just been talking, you finally go out with the person, and then you're there the end of the date, and you're, you know, you're being a little, little truthful, and you're being honest, you're sharing your feelings and stuff like that. Maybe you've been in other relationships, and this is your first, you know, time in, at bat in a while, and you're just throwing yourself out there, you're being honest, you're being open, and so is the other person you're with. It just, this is a great, when Jeremy and I first started dating, I was so nervous because I didn't know, we were just hanging out at work and everything like that, but to take that next step and to admit to the other person that you like them and that they, they like you, just them telling you that they like you. It's such, it's such an, a, a weird and crazy nervous feeling. I bet out of all the times you're probably going to sweat out of nervousness is either a job interview or you're admitting your feelings for the first time to someone you care very much about. What about proposing to someone for the first time? Nervous, very nervous. But yes, just, it's just, I, I loved, I just, I like Danny as a character, but I loved him in that moment. He wasn't the showboating guy like he was in the beginning of the episode, but, um, best dressed, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it to Vicky. That blue dress she wore with a skirt, or, bla you know, top and skirt was royal blue color. It was really, really pretty. I like how her hair was, like, nice and wavy. We haven't gotten to the... Because it's kind of a nice, light, you know, reddish, auburnish color. Compared to later on, we do get a little bit of auburn, but it's like a perm curl thing. In the breakup episode, I don't know what they did to her hair. 
But it was not good. I don't know if that was Gail Edwards' choice or what it was, but it was not flattering. It was, like, the point where her hair was literally so dark red that it was literally black. And just... Worst outfit, like I said, it's gonna go to the, uh... The patched-up, uh, overalls that Stephanie was wearing. Was not digging that at all. So, what I want to do, even though I'm, like, almost a week late on this, I want to do a special episode for Dave Coulier. And I got the perfect one that is really going to showcase Joey in a different light. Is that thunder? It's been raining here on and off all day. Um, uh, this is from Season 2, Episode 7. I don't believe... Have I even gotten anything in Season 2? I really don't think I have. I'm There For You Babe I think is the only episode of season 2 I've even touched on yet um, but this is going to be a great episode because we see a side of Joey we don't see we see Joey we perceive him as goofy he's like a big giant kid and he fits in well with the kids but in this episode this calls for him to be a parent in a way that you gotta lay down the hammer and the discipline. This episode I'm talking about, season two, episode seven, entitled Joey Gets Tough. And boy, have you, does he get tough. This episode aired on November 25th, 1988. This looks like this might have been right around before or after Thanksgiving. In this episode, after an interview with Miss Kadota Fig, Jesse and his bandmates are guests on Danny's and Becky's morning talk show. But the main point of this episode is Joey experiences the tough side of raising a child. Now you guys know from watching this show here that the girls kind of, you know how they say the inmates have taken over the asylum. That's kind of how it is with the girls they really know who's the big pushover in the family, and that, unfortunately, is Joey. DJ uses this to her advantage when she does not call when she's going to be late from her karate tournament. They stayed late to do strategy for a big tournament coming up. She comes walking in the house, no big deal. He's Joey's making dinner. He's been on the phone with Mrs. Gibbler trying to figure out where DJ is. DJ walks in. Lifts one of the lids, like, ugh, broccoli, what is this? Can we order pizza? No cares in the world that Joey has been worried sick. Of course, Danny and Jesse are not in the house, so it's up to Danny, or it's up to Joey to um, dole out the disciplinary uh, action. It is really pouring outside. And, um,. This causes a little bit of a rift between DJ and Joey. He, he full on says, hey, look, you had me worried sick. You don't seem to care. She says, Joey, it's no big deal. Don't have a cow. He's like, no big deal. Don't have a cow. He basically says, well, you know what? That karate tournament you're taught, you've been planning strategy for and you just stayed late for without calling. He even says... If your dad were here, you would have called home. He's like, well, you can kiss that karate tournament goodbye because you're grounded. She turns around and says, Joey, 
I've been planning this for months and working my butt off. And when my dad comes home, he says he's gonna he's gonna unground me. He's enjoys it. Well, you know what? I wouldn't count on that. And Danny says, no, punishment sticks. When I'm not here, Jesse and Joey are the ones that dole out the punishment. I'm gonna get into that episode actually on um Monday. And that's going to be my special Dave Coulier birthday in honor of Dave Coulier's birthday. Because Joey really, we rarely see this man, like, take a stand and just... Um, the other episode I did back in May for the Teacher Appreciation Month uh, to Joey with Love. Joey's Michelle's sub substitute teacher. And she's crossing a ruckus, wanting him to do impressions. He finally says the next person who makes a peep goes down to the principal's office. Michelle's like, come on, Joey, lighten up. He's like, that's it, Michelle, go down to the principal's office. And she ends up giving him the silent treatment, just like DJ does. So look forward to that. You know, I, I liked this episode I did, Bachelor of the Month. I wasn't really the montage with Danny going on the dates with the women, but like I said, the ending and that scene between him and Vicky and the kiss made up for that. And I really liked that the this episode really showcased Jesse and Becky as first time parents and the struggle of raising twins, especially newborns and all that comes with that. And I like that Joey and the girls managed to step up and say, hey, you guys definitely need a break. You're running on empty. We can see that. You guys have a nice quiet dinner. We're going to take care of the twins. I like that they did that. And I like also Danny and his relationship with Michelle. So, yeah, that's it, guys. That's the episode. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy this review. And I will be back on Monday with Joey Gets Tough. And then, of course, next Friday, we're going to be in October, we are going to do the next Back to School series episode, which is Be True to Your Preschool, where Jesse and Becky try to get Nikki and Alex accepted into a pre prestigious preschool called Mountain Hall. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.